You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. Welcome to the Screamcast episode 161. I am Sean DeRager and with me is Stephanie Crawford. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you. Sorry I'm not Brad. (laughs) Brad Hollywood Henderson is on the phone with executives and Blu-ray distributors and directors and actors right now. Or he's playing (laughs) Pubuga. Either or. Yeah, he's uh, like, oh, I'm on the phone. It's very busy. <laughs> so he is unable to join us for now. Of course, as always, the invitation is always open for him to join us mid-show. So I will keep all of you listeners uh, clenching your asses with suspense, not knowing if Brad is going to join us or not. What a vivid picture. Good job, Sean. <laughs> You're welcome. First things first, before we jump into what's on your doorstep, I did want to mention Club Scum. I have been trying to kind of recalibrate, see what everyone wants in Club Scum. We did lose a few Club Scum members because we were not delivering the goods. Uh, And so I kind of took that to heart. And after about 24 hours of a deep depression, I kind of slid out of that depression um, and poured myself some scotch and started thinking about what we can do to help with club scum. I mean, really club scum operates as a way for you guys to be involved kind of maybe we need to be more interactive on the Facebook or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but uh, kind of like a tip jar. You are, you're a fan of the show and you want to help out and it's two bucks a month. And along the way, there will be some little exclusives here and there. We're not like these guys over at, you know, uh, 80s all over who are raking in the hundreds of dollars and doing like special interviews, patron only interviews of Barbara Crampton. Sorry, we all of our blood, sweat and tears goes into the Screamcast. We all have jobs, got, you know, family life, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we can't keep up with all that demand. So I've been trying to see what we can do. And uh, so we're figuring it out. So. Uh, those of you who, who have hung around, uh, God bless you. Thank you. Or uh, Bohemian bless you. Whatever. Whatever your religion is, uh, bless you. And uh, But we do have a couple. We, do, we, we lost some patrons. We lost some members of Club Scum. May they rest in peace. But we did gain a couple new Club Scum members. So I wanted to give a shout out to Mac Blakenship. Welcome to Club Scum. Your card is on the way. And Jacob Peterson Peeker, all the way from the UK, new Club wow. Scum member. So thank you for signing up. Your cards are in the mail. Jacob, I'm hoping I put enough uh, postage on the envelope. So Did you just put a bunch of stamps on there randomly? I put like a dollar <laughs> of stamps on there. Like an actual dollar, you like tape the dollar bill <laughs> yeah, and you're like, this is going <laughs> to convert to like 50 pounds. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, they're actually <laughs> uh, they're actually custom screencast logo stamps. I saw that. You're welcome, you guys. I I do uh, do I, I I don't hold back at all. Uh, but so you know, Club Scum. I wanted to thank you guys who do participate. And we are going to ramp some stuff up. I know Stephanie and I have been talking about bringing uh, the late night thing back. Brad and I did that a while back. We're going to bring that back. Um, I want to do more Sean Stack. It's just time. Time has been ridiculous. But those of you who have been contributing, you did help with with Stephanie uh, getting a new microphone. Her microphone shat out. Is that a term? Uh, pooped out. I don't know. And we were able to buy a new microphone. So this is where your hard-earned cash goes towards. It doesn't go to any, you know, there's no hookers a blow. There's no, you know, crazy spending sprees. Fingers crossed, but we're not there yet. (laughs) It stays in the copper, the coffer, copper, the coffer, uh, until we would need it. So website stuff comes up that I got to pay for, we pull from that. Someone's microphone breaks, we pull from... Uh, the club scum funds. So thank you guys for being members. And uh, if you're interested, I guarantee you we do have some stuff coming. Look, I mean, I don't know. I It causes me anxiety to try to keep no. up with this. So those of you who are, are part of this and do want to contribute, sling that two bucks a month. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we love you. You also do, if you become a club scum member, you do get 20% off of our Screamcast merchandise over at screamingpods.com so there's so there's a little uh little bonus huge there. savings mm-hmm. uh all right moving along let's uh i think that's all the announcements i have I'm trying to keep things well up, i just i want to thank everybody so i could get the new microphone it's like so much better you sound the other one was like 50 incredible. pounds <laughs> well <laughs> and, no, you, sound, you sound you great. know i can do my own late night show if anyone's interested in that take some of the pressure off you <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have things we want to do it's just a you know what? i just got to get organized and it's been a crazy crazy year because i because i've been doing the screaming pods network you know it's i know been a, i put all That's this extra I'm work on my plate to make everything about me so we, well, Give you we, a break. we can do a Stephanie exclusive, uh, the Crawford Files, something like that. Uh, I don't know um, if I'd call it that, but okay. No, okay. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. You're just workshopping it a little bit. <laughs> we're in the writers' room right now. So what is so what it's all about? Yeah, we're tossing one of those stress balls back and forth <laughs> to each other. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, so are you ready to jump into uh, what's on your doorstep? Uh, sure. All right. Well, let's uh. Let's do that. Holy cow. I almost forgot. We'll get the door. Pizza. <laughs> All right. So, Stephanie, what has arrived on your doorstep, either virtually or uh, what's tangibly? Physically? Physically. <laughs> They both work. Okay. Well, I have been watching more modern movies oh. recently, like modern genre movies, which is oh. unusual because I'm sure if you listen to the show, you know, I I do like the older horror movies. I love newer ones. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know. This year, especially, I've been diving into things that have come out before I was born. But 
not this time. <laughs> and it sucks because uh, my laptop also died. It hasn't been a good time oh, for technology. May it, rest, may it rest in peace, laptop. It is such a piece of crap, but I, <laughs> I needed it. And I, I'm not smart enough to use Letterbox. Uh, I, I always get lost. It's just I, something about it. I don't keep up with it. Yeah, same thing. But I, I kept um, a notepad meticulously of the hundreds of movies I've watched, and that's gone. Oh no! I'm very upset about it. But um, so yeah, I was kind of forced to think more recently. So. Hey, how about we like? I'll do one, you do one, I'll do yeah. one, you do one. Since sounds it's just good to us. me. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. To me. We should try that with Brad too. We should try to round like round robin it, but see, okay. we, we would have to have a specific amount, nothing like thirty movies, kind of thing. But right, well, then I, you, you know, say five. We we are starting to rein it in. We did get uh, who was it? One of our listeners did let me know. I can't remember who it was. Sorry if, if if you're listening and you're the one who told me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're special. He has, has a me. bad memory. Tweet Don't take me. it personally. Um, and my Twitter exploded today and it, I just can't find it. Um, but yeah, we we do the What's in a Doorstep segment does run too long. We are planning on reining it in. So, uh, Stephanie, I have, I have seven, but I'm not going to be very f- in-depth. Uh, but oh, we, we can... <laughs> we can go back and forth and actually one of them you might talk about already so i mean you you may you may take a few of these out so um okay or whatever vice vice That's versa cool. so. don't, don't talk man okay all right we're pals we can chat it out yeah so what you okay got? well then i'm gonna take a wild guess and say mandy <laughs> is, is, that that que- is that a question no i have not watched Mandy yet please <laughs> tell me about it tell me about start, Mandy. like a club scum psychic hour but just, <laughs> completely rude <laughs> tell me about Mandy it is hyped up to the max right now I people are watching what? it people are loving it Ooh. people are hating it what is going on yeah and there are people who yeah people are so hyped it's mostly positive from at least the people I follow. There have been some negatives, but it, it yeah, it's been to such extremes. There are people like, oh, I just liked it okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like they feel like they need to point that out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been that hyped. And I kind of hate it when things get super hyped because yeah. I feel like certain people, that influences them to be harsher on it. Um, we know who you are. I don't There's know. a few like, of you. I know who you are. <laughs> uh, and I, I like people being able to go into a movie as pure as possible. Like when I talk about, and I know I'm enthusiastic, but I, I do try to, I try to keep from hyping things too much. Um, but uh, Mandy, I saw the trailer and I'm not even a big trailer watcher, but I saw that and I became obsessed with it. Like I thought about it every single day. Like, when am I going to be able to see Mandy? Like, what the hell? <laughs> when is this movie going to be in front of me? So the second I was able, I saw it and it, I rewatched uh, beyond the black rainbow right before it. And it was strange because I fell asleep during it, <laughs> uh, but like half asleep. 
And I feel like it kind of like soaked into my subconscious. And then when it got dark, I watched Mandy and it, oh, it was such a weird experience. <laughs> um, That's funny. Anyway, that I, you know what? Uh, I've tried to watch Beyond the Black Rainbow twice. And while I've loved what I've seen, I keep falling asleep. Yeah, it, it's sorry. definitely. No. Um, and this is one where, and it seems to be a bit of a trend right now where it has like a very deliberate laid back pace in the beginning and then it just goes bug fuck crazy mm-hmm. at the end. Um, bug, bug fuck? Yeah, bug fuck. Nice. <laughs> I like it. So Mandy, it just starts out uh, with this relationship between Nick Cage and Andrea Riseborough, who's amazing in it. And they're just two normal people. Uh, they love their metal music. They love each other. Like we, we see them just having conversations. We see them in quiet moments separate from each other. Like we see Mandy by herself outside of her relationship with him, which I love. Like her reading books and just living her life. And even though the, uh, there's not a lot of dialogue at all, we really get a sense of her the kind of inner strength she has and why someone would be so taken with her. But it, it's really not made up like, oh, she's just this traditionally beautiful, mysterious woman. She's just like a, a very talented painter and just a cool chick. And you really like her. And then things go horrifically wrong. Um, we have a cult. We have... Um, the most evil biker gang we'll probably ever see on film. Um, and yeah, it, we, I'm glad they, they take so long at the beginning to really set them up as characters because it's, it's, <laughs> it's intense. It's very bloody, very fast paced. Um, the, it's funny cause the beginning of the film, it's, more calm LSD imagery. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Mandy's beautiful paintings are come to life. It's stunning. And then the latter half is more like really like a speedball almost. It like switches <laughs> the drugs it's taking. And most of the hype I've seen is about Nick Cage, who is great in it. Um, but to me, uh, it was their relationship. I really liked and it, it was actually very tense. I really, it was a cohesive plot for as crazy as everyone is saying it is. It's a very easy to follow cohesive plot. Everything makes sense. It's incredibly well acted and it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's, I don't think you'll have a problem with this. Like you do with beyond the black rainbow. The pacing is very different and there's a lot more humor in yeah. this. I just, I just always start it way too late. Like I've either had a couple yeah. drinks or whatever, and then I st- oh I'm gonna watch this, oh, yeah, and I'm like ah it. bad timing. I need to watch <laughs> it like earlier in the evening. <laughs> yeah, so it's just about wonderful but damaged people who are basically put through hell, and you feel so much empathy um, even during just insane moments that would otherwise maybe knock you out of the movie. But like I said, they do such a great job establishing everything. Uh, it, it never got so crazy that I wasn't on board with it. Nice. Very nice. So you're planning on seeing it soon, right? Yes. 
Yes. Uh, one aspect of that film has already been spoiled. Uh, in- involving mac and cheese. Oh, well, yeah. That, that's, so. that's not part of the plot or anything. Though. I it's know, but you know, thing. that's funny. All <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm part of the problem with that. <laughs> it's great, man. I, I, I love that so much. So just that had me hooked. Uh, all right, so I, I'll just go from the top of my stack and down. I got from Umbrella Films uh, the Blu-ray of one of my favorite science fiction movies uh, ever. This is a, I don't know why, but I've, this is a, I don't know, guilty pleasure for me. Something that has always brought me joy. I've always hoped it would make, it, make an arrival on Blu-ray. Umbrella Entertainment from Australia brought No Escape. Not the Owen Wilson film. Uh, but in Australia, it was called Escape from Absalom. This, of course, starring Ray Liotta and Lance Henderson and uh, Kevin Dillon is, is in it. Liotta. 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 I don't know. Tomato, tomato. So this is a film, uh, if you haven't seen it, Basically, this guy gets sent to uh, prison for killing like a commanding officer. And it's like maximum security prison. He starts some shit. He gets basically kicked off to like a prison island where everyone like it's basically like post-apocalyptic feel on this island. And he decides to, I guess, uh, get into it with the, uh, all the prisoners on that island and against their main, their main guy who is played by, is that Michael Lerner? No, no. Uh, Stuart Wilson. Stuart Wilson. Okay. I think. I don't know. Anyway, Ernie (laughs) Hudson's in it. I already mentioned Lance Hendrickson, Ray Liotta, and, and many more. Uh, anyway, it's pretty fantastic. It is the, the, the futuristic post-apocalyptic on an island, um, kind of crosses genres quite a bit, but it looks fantastic on this Blu-ray. I'm surprised that nobody's brought it to the States, uh, to region A or whatever, but this is, it says region B on the box, but it is actually all region. So if you've been wanting this on Blu-ray, get the Umbrella version. I'm wondering, because it was like an HBO film or something like that. I don't know if it was bought by HBO or distributed by HBO. But it was kind of, it was like on, you know how they had those clam cases, DVDs, you know? Uh, Those awful kind of cardboard. I had Night Flyer. (laughs) Nice, yeah. Which also needs a Blu-ray. I know. So, but anyway, this is on a Blu-ray. Finally, I've been waiting for it for so long and I'm so excited. It's, it's here. The cool thing about Umbrella is it's in Australia and, uh, our, the U S dollar is uh, stronger than the Australian dollar. So things tend to be pretty decently priced even after shipping. And, uh, if you're not a flat earther, you'll get this, but Australia is kind of closer to the U S I think. I don't know. Things get here fast from Australia. But that's it. That's it for for me so far. What do you have next? I watched Slice. Slice? 
I was like, gonna say, did my did my flat Earth joke fall flat? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> oh man. A little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is why I'm not a paid comedian. Everybody, this is why I'm a podcaster. All right, proceed. Sorry. <laughs> slice. I saw Slice. Have you watched that yet? Slice. That's that's going around. I never watch anything new for some reason, but I, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about it. Yeah. Uh, it seems like it was dumped straight mm-hmm. to VOD or something, right? Yeah, I think they did a premiere and then the next day they released it. And I've heard people say like, oh, well, it's not prestigious enough for A24. So they <laughs> just did it on VOD. So, so, so how was it? I really liked it. It's not a perfect movie, but what is? Um, but uh, in the first scene, a pizza boy gets killed in a gory but humorous way. And it has one of the best opening credit sequences I have ever seen. Like, I I just want to be able to play the opening credit scene whenever I, I want to be cheered up. It's so cool. <laughs> um, and we find out it's set in a world. It's kind of like an urban fantasy world where there's ghosts and there's werewolves. And that's normal. They just live among human beings. And, um, but there's a little bit of a, the ghosts are kind of like shuffled off to one part of the town. And um, there's issues with that. I don't know. It's like weird small town politics, but with ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you have like kind of a slasher aspect with um, pizza delivery kids getting killed. And boy, I didn't know it'd be so hard to describe, but it's, (laughs) It's just a lot of fun because I'm a huge horror comedy fan mm-hmm. and I've really liked kind of the renaissance of funnier horror movies that have been coming out like Tucker and Dale, uh, The Final Girl, um, Tragedy Girls, uh, just horror movies with a sense of humor when they're done well. Yeah. And Slice, um, I think it's just a half a step down from them. It's... The performances are great, and I love Zazie Beetz. She's uh, Domino in Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's amazing in this. And um, it had a lot of uh, traditionally comedic actors, and that was fun. It has Chance the Rapper in it. And it's hip without being really uh, obnoxious about it. It's like I, uh, if anyone out there reads like urban fantasy books that are kind of humorous, you'll know the exact tone of this. Um, my only real reservation of it is it has really clever dialogue, but the pacing of the film almost doesn't know how to keep up with it perfectly. Hmm. Um, there's a little bit of awkwardness with how it handles like really funny, really wordy dialogue. <laughs> It'll just do like a weird cut and you're like, like, huh, that that scene didn't quite sit right with me. But if you want kind of just like a gonzo, gory, funny, brightly colored, candy-coated horror movie, I would recommend Slice. Okay. Okay. Cool. It's got werewolf in it. Yeah. I mean, you have me at the werewolves and ghosts <laughs> and pizza delivery boys. And pizza, yeah. That's not bad. Trinity. Not because they're boys. God damn it. No one's judging you. It just sounded bad. Dreamcast is safe space. 
the way I heard it, it sounded bad. But pizza delivery people. All right. Yep. It, it, it's it's men and women. Okay. There you go. See, I'm there. There. I'm I'm, I'm more uh, politically correct by saying that. All right. Uh, next for me, I finally, for the first time in my entire life, crossed off something that was really high up there on my list of shame. It stars Kathy Bates and James Caan. And it was written by Stephen King. I finally watched Misery for the first time ever. Oh, I was going to guess The Shining. <laughs> Just King Dolores Claiborne. Just kidding, I know it's a misery. So what did you think? Hey, Dolores Claiborne's pretty great. Um, I love I, Dolores I, Claiborne. I did watch that too. That was I was not shade. I, I did a, uh, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I did a, um, a double feature. And, uh, oh, cool. Good stuff, man. Kathy Bates is a powerhouse. And... Uh, I don't know why I never watched Misery. I don't know what my deal was. I think it was one of those movies that everyone had seen. So I felt like, uh, you know, everyone's like seen it. So like osmosis. You're like, kinda, I've based I guess. I mean, I saw I've yeah, <laughs> on every like history of horror, there's always scenes from Misery. You always seen you always see the uh the sledgehammer to the ankle scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, but man, what a <laughs> slow boil pot boiler type film. Uh, Kathy Covered Bates is wonderful, and James. I mean James. James Con is always great uh, as the. He just he does such a good job of kind of being awkwardly uncomfortable in situations, you know. And in this one, it's done for, you know, for, um, for in a horror sense, but he does the same kind of thing in like Elf, you know, and Will Ferrell shows up. He has that, he has that look on his face with his, how he does his eyes. I don't know. Uh, his facial expression. That's a great winter double feature. Elf and misery right there. Yeah. But no, this was great. Uh, I don't know why, it took, like, like I said, don't know why it took me so long to see it. It. Uh, we all have that. Like Brad just saw The Exorcist for the first time this year. <laughs> yeah. We all have those. Yeah, but uh, but wow, if you've been sitting on this and haven't watched it, if you're, you know, I'm an old guy now, so if there's you, you know, you young whippersnappers out there who haven't seen Misery because it's old or something, get on that shit. Watch it. It's a. Uh, it's great. And uh, I just love Kathy Bates, her kind of Minnesota nice type attitude or type, you know, character. But, you know, like that chick is fucked up. <laughs> There's <laughs> something wrong with her. And uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's great. I'm preaching, the, preaching to the choir. But uh, Mrs. is pretty great. The Scream Factory Blu-ray is stacked. The transfer looks great from uh, as far as I can tell. And, you know, direct the interview with Rob. I mean, Rob Reiner is one of my favorite directors. I love interviews with him. And, of course, he yes. uh, is interviewed on this one as well. Yeah, I love the just real quick. I love the chemistry between mm-hmm. Kathy and James, because uh, once he finds out that she can be triggered into being violent or upset really easily. He kind of starts trying to handle her with kid gloves, but he never knows what's going to happen. And it builds this delicious tension. I love it. And talk about a a super tense scene is when he picks the lock and gets out and is in the wheelchair going around. 
and she's like on her way back. Mm-hmm. Oh man, <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, it it yeah it it's earned its reputation. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So I finally saw a pie wacket. Yeah, what did you think? I loved it. Did I talk? I talked about it last time, right? Did I, talk, I don't did I talk pay about attention it? to anyone but me. I don't. <laughs> I can't remember. It's in my stack. <laughs> I can't remember if I talked about it or not. But please, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. I loved it. Yeah, I, I did too. It's another slow burn. Takes mm-hmm. its time building the characters, which is my weakness. I uh, the plot can be pretty simple for me as long as I buy into all the characters, and that's yeah. pretty true here. Yeah, the teenage girl she's unhappy with her life her father passed away and then she's forced to move and her mom isn't handling anything very well um so her interest in the occult grows and it gets dangerous and i thought it was wonderful because the like really the first half of it is kind of just a straight family drama mm-hmm. but it's done so well and Lori holden is like you, you'll just hate her sometimes. And then I'll realize I'm looking at her through like my teenage brain, mm-hmm. like mom, God, I'm like, no, but I get it. And, uh, Nicole, uh, Munoz, I think is a, the plays a teenage daughter was incredible. She is so down to earth and realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, you totally believe it, you, you totally believe the relationship. You totally get, why she would have this mm-hmm. angst like yeah it uh it, it did a really good job i think of representing that no matter the i mean no matter the kind of the age difference of anybody who's watching if you're i don't know i feel like if you're that age you'll get it and then if you're someone like me uh who is a parent now like you'll kind of see it from both lenses it's pretty interesting to to kind of see that dynamic yeah, they're fair with both their weaknesses and their strengths. You see both points of view very well, I think. Um, and about halfway through is when it starts getting scary. And it does it really subtly. There's not like cheesy jump scares all of a sudden or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just enough where I kind of gasped. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> now it's getting serious. <laughs> and it gets so... It And even when it starts getting scary, it's still kind of paces things out well um it it lets you relax a little bit and then throws something else at you but the at the end it gets so heartbreakingly brutal yeah especially since we've grown to care about care about the characters so much um um yeah it's it, it was just fabulous. It's beautiful. It feels real. Like I was a kid who had to move a lot. Like I, I changed high schools in the middle of high school and it was hell. And you know, that made me sympathize a lot. Oh uh, yeah. It's if you're okay with a slow burn, you don't need anything terrifically violent, but you like to be creeped out and seduced a little bit. <laughs> into your scares i would highly recommend pie Wacket. yes i mean i appreciate movies that that take their time and um that definitely this one earns it some movies kind of meander but i feel like um pie Wacket does a really good job of kind of sucking you in right away uh with the characters and their relationships and 
It's fantastic. Speaking of kind of slow burns involving families, um, I finally watched Hereditary. Okay. And man, I don't know. I I knew this movie would be intense. <laughs> You've seen Hereditary, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Okay. I almost went into the theaters to see it, but I, <laughs> this story's got to, <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to get real, I'm going to get real here, everybody, I'm gonna get real. Uh, my wife and I got in kind of an argument, I got a little pissed off and took a drive to kind of cool off, and I was like, I'm going to go see a movie, and uh, I was like, well, maybe I'll go see Upgrade. That's kind of something that, you know, get my mind off things for a little bit. So I went to the theater. It wasn't playing, of course. Oh. Uh, it was opening that weekend, but the theater I was at didn't carry it. So then I saw Hereditary was playing. And I was like, well, maybe I'll go to, um, I was like, I'm going to go to Hereditary. And I got all ready to buy the ticket and I chickened out because I was like, I don't know if I'm in the mood. I don't know if I'm in the right mindset <laughs> to dive into a movie like Hereditary <laughs> at this point. So I kind of you know, drove home, uh, you know, made up with the wife. Everything's cool. And, uh, you know, took care of that. So when Hereditary came out, I was like, all right, time to time to just watch this thing. I'm, I, I got it and I sat down and I watched it. And this movie effectively creeped me out. Uh, I had a sense of dread through the entire film. And it's not like jump scare type thing, kind of like you're saying with Piwacket. Like you get involved with these characters there's a moment, I'm still not going to spoil it because I think there's people still haven't seen it. There's a moment that really took my breath away and I, I was just like, holy shit, where is this movie going now? And the movie does such a good job of portraying a family who has gone through grief and loss. And if anyone who knows me personally, you know that we, my family um, my, and my wife's family, we've been through that with a family member. And uh, this film somehow, like, the director had an, or writer had to have gone through something like this because the, there's a scene at the dinner table that is so tense, but not like in a horror movie, in like family drama tense, like it's in it, but it's also so real that so that the realism of a family going through grief and also the dread of possible supernatural things that might be going on and then tails spinning into this bat shit crazy <laughs> finale uh i adored the film i know everyone's talked about it everyone's seen it um blah 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 but uh <laughs> it is just so good and tony collette gives a performance i've never seen her give oh before. she's a goddess um and anyway just everyone involved does such a good job and brad was talking about people like laughing in the theaters and i i, I mean i guess yeah. if if it's like the jump scare crowd like they're not gonna get it but for a more mature crowd i think if you've seen some shit in your life and you kind of get these movies um, man, I don't know. It was so, it was so good. And it, there was so much like realism. I didn't even mind that it got super ridiculous towards the end because I was 
I was so invested because of the realis- the realistic aspects of the film and the relationships that once mm-hmm. it got crazy, I was like, lay it on me. Here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready for bad <laughs> shit. Thank you. Uh, and, I, and I was relieved, I guess, that it went that territory because that is kind of a tension. Relief, but it was still done so well that it was like still disturbing. And oh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, um, one of the best horror films and I've seen in a long time. Oh, and it's definitely stuck with me. There's some images in that film that have stuck with me. So it's a it's a banger, as they say. <laughs> um. So now that you've seen it, are you glad you didn't see it when you were emotionally upset? Yes, because that would have <laughs> fucked me up. Okay. <laughs> I probably would not. I probably would not have done the right thing and, uh, you know, worked on making sure my wife and I didn't go to bed angry. Uh, I probably would have just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Or I'd have been like, life's too short. We need to get this right. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> but definitely, know. like, but definitely, it would have fucked me up, I think, even more if I was in already kind of a state of, um, agitation agitation it definitely I, I you know what i may have probably have walked out i think if i was going already in an agitated state i probably uh once some shit goes down i probably yeah i probably would have just bailed like i can't handle this <laughs> okay so we both recommend it but yeah. not if you're emotionally upset yes like wait till you're okay wait you're okay <laughs> and then get fucked up emotionally during the film embrace the bad shit crazy end and uh love it is my recommendation (laughs) beauty okay um i'll just say real quick they're not horror but tv wise netflix specifically because bj turned me on to american vandal so i kind of (laughs) want to honor her and i started the second season i'm about three episodes in at first i wasn't sure because the crime the documentarian teenagers are the same but the crime in the school is different uh-huh. and i i was so in love with the actors in the first one I'm like oh, are they gonna be able to pull it off they are the crime is pretty terrible basically like a whole school gets um uh something gets put in the the luncheon lemonade <laughs> And everyone has violent diarrhea. They can't even get to the bathroom. <laughs> and that's like a living nightmare to me. And they show yeah. it just like oh, all over the school. No. And I was, so, I was so basically ready I to can't, check out. I can't watch this with my with my wife then. She was fine with the drawings of dicks. But uh, <laughs> anything involving yeah. bodily functions, she'll tap out pretty quick. No, no, no. And it is right <laughs> at the beginning. No, I was almost going to check out because I'm like, I think they <laughs> they built it too much. Like, that's too big of a jump for the first one. But thankfully, it it just turns genius like mm. immediately. And we're right back to clever. I don't, I don't know where they find these kid actors, but they are <laughs> the most believable actors I have seen in my life. Yeah. It is crazy. So um, if you can get past um, all the pooping. <laughs> It will pay off for you. Okay. And I just started the fifth season of BoJack Horseman. <laughs> have you have you ever have, seen it? I have not. No. I think okay. I've seen. Like I know the, the name of it is, is is this animated. 
Yeah, it's animated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Have a stupid title. It's about a horse that was on the 80s sitcom. He's washed up. But I swear <laughs> to God, not only is it hilarious, it's the most emotional, emotionally truthful and brutal show I think I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Interesting. I'm serious. Okay. I don't know what they did to be like, you know what? We're just going to use these animated animals to just open up the human psyche and reach through the psyche into the heart and just like massage it until it's spasming and you're like crying, but you feel cleansed. It's, I don't like to call things genius, but it is pretty genius. Like last season, then he was dealing with his abusive mom getting dementia and they had this beautiful like uh, flashback episode and like I was in tears during it. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing with this show, but it's so <laughs> brilliant. And the fifth season is such a strong start. I'm not a binger. I like to make shows last. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. Okay. But movie wise, sorry. I saw, and you mentioned this on Twitter. So I have to mention it first reformed. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because there was a specific I, uh, take on it on the on the women in the film, but but pr proceed. Sorry. No, no problem. Okay, so I saw that tweet, it, um, basically saying that the portrayal of women in this film was terrible, and I saw that before I watched it, and I was mm. like, "Huh, okay." I'm like, "Well, it's Paul Schrader. He, I love Paul Schrader. I love Leonard Schrader too. I'm a huge Paul Schrader fan." Um, I, I'll forgive him for almost anything. He's brilliant. <laughs> um, last temptation of Christ raging bull. I saw the Yakuza for the first time this year. That blew me away. Mm. I lo love him. Um, and he, he's in his seventies. So I kind of thought to myself, well, you know, like you're that age, like you're kind of set in your ways. Um, who knows? So I started watching it with kind of knowing that tweet in the back of my mind about the portrayal of women. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, Amanda Seyfried. No, she seems like a really like tuned in cool wife. Um, and then there's a woman who works at the church. Um, oh, basically, uh, Ethan Hawke uh, heads up, up a church and he's having a bit of a crisis of faith. And he meets with one of his parishioners who lost his son and, or no, I'm sorry, Ethan Hawke lost his son. Um, and right. that colors everything. Right. He does. And this parishioner of his is, he's not particularly religious. He's incredibly worried about the environment to the point that he's radicalized about it. And it builds from there and it just gets more and more intense. I think the first 45 minutes of this movie are pretty much perfect. The acting, yes. the script, the pacing, the relationships. It's it's just this great look at how religion impacts a small town. Mm -hmm. I love how there'll be like six people at the service. Yeah. And just how that alone says a lot. Um, well, I and in, well, speaking to that, like I love the dynamic yeah. between his church and then he has a relationship with like this mega church. And, yes. me, you know, me being everyone knows I've come from a religious background and everything. I do a podcast called The Armed Philosopher. 
deals with religion and philosophy, things like that. So that's always something I'm always in tune to. But the way that they uh, paint that dynamic between the two churches and their relationship, and there's certain things, because like the mega church has its own cafeteria and it has its own kind of work culture and and all this stuff. It's um, there's a commentary there that I noticed from my own church past and everything that I found very like very interesting uh, as far as that goes. And then of course, you know, as as we get in further with the the Ethan Hawke's kind of crisis. I don't know if it's a crisis of faith, but it's definitely a, a, a crisis of some sort where he's he does kind of pick up the torch where his parishioner leaves off, in a sense. And uh, he's struggling with that. <laughs> yeah, I so, guess it's basically like he he he's like pissing blood. Yeah, and he keeps he has a health issues. Yeah, he's like, I can't put off the doctor any longer. I can barely get up anymore. And he, you kind of get an idea. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it's not like a straight classic crisis of faith, but this is someone who's so used to suppressing his pain. Right. That he cannot do it any longer. And right. it is going to boil out in a big way. <laughs> so... I, I do have issues with the film, especially the ending, mm-hmm. but there are very brilliant parts in it. I think anything involving Paul Schrader is worth seeing if you're interested in film at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the women, there's a woman who works from him and she is overbearing um, in a, in a caring way, but it's in one of those ways where you basically say, no, I'm fine. She's like, but I don't think you're fine. <laughs> and she's obnoxious but i mean i don't normally ascribe things gender wise to that um but mm. i i watched it with the commentary afterwards <laughs> and paul schrader specifically said yeah cloying women like this you just basically have to tell them off because they won't get out uh, <laughs> i was like wow okay <laughs> and then <laughs> I don't really want to give anything away, but when he refers to Amanda Seyfried's character, she's he almost refers to her like she's supposed to represent another woman later hmm. on in the film. Like she wasn't really her own character. And that bummed me out because I, I thought her character was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no, actually she represents this. <laughs> and I, I was a little deflated. <laughs> so I, I'm still kind of processing this movie. I'm sorry. I don't have any deep insights. Um, I think it's worth seeing because it's very interesting. Definitely. I would say I, I would, for this one, I would definitely say, uh, high, high rental, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but, uh, for me, I'm glad I have the Blu-ray cause I definitely want to dive into the audio commentary. But it's a film that I definitely want to revisit because there's a, so much to unpack from it. And I've kind of mentioned it in certain like religious circles and people are kind of mulling it over as well. And there's a, like a lot to be said as far as that goes. And of course me, you know, I'm, um, I didn't latch on to the, the, the problematic portrayals of, of women because there's only, there's, 
there's not a whole lot of main characters in the film, and the main person you're following is Ethan Hawke. And um, Amanda Seyfried, I feel like towards the end, they do kind of rob her of some moments, I think. Her -hmm. character, I can definitely see that. But yeah, I definitely had problems with the the last, the, the, the climax of the film. Um... And I don't, and I'm, and that's what I'm still processing. So I'm like, I need to watch it again so I can kind of make sure that my feelings on the ending are valid. Yeah, you know it's saying? funny because he's a Protestant minister, and Paul Schrader grew up as a Calvinist. I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, not to give anything away, but basically in the commentary about the ending, Paul Schrader says like, well, you can't like explain everything to people. You need to let them kind of figure things yeah. out and process things themselves, which I fully agree with. But I think for this script specifically, um, and maybe he put so many personal things in it that it colored them a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I think he... He left so much up to the audience that he lost his own point of view. Yeah. With the yeah. ending. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, if you if you guys have seen First Reform and have an opinion, let us know. Hit us up. Yes, please. Uh, tweet us at, at Scream underscore cast. Or DM us or something. <laughs> let us know. Go to thescreamcast.com. Send us an email. Something. I don't know. Interact with that us. That signal. <laughs> Whatever works for you. Semaphore? Maybe you like plane riding. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Uh, Anything else about First Reformed? No. Okay. I'm conflicted. Yes. I am (laughs) just like my faith. I am conflicted. Oh. (laughs) I wanted to mention really quick a film called Terminal. Stars Margot Robbie. She also produced it. Stars Simon Pegg. And Mike Myers makes an appearance in the film. And it's kind of this weird kind of sci-fi noir. Uh, it's directed by Vaughn Steen. And this movie kind of got shit on a little bit, I believe, with reviews. Um, stylistically, I think it's fantastic. I think it does a really good job of world building. Uh, the noir aspects, the mystery aspects of the film kind of... Uh, I guess hang by your uh, ability to suspend um, disbelief. And I think if you can, if you can kind of be along for the ride, there's a lot of fun to be had with it. Um, the the plot, I, I don't, it's kind of a convoluted little plot. I'm going to read the synopsis on the back of the box because that's the best I can do. Terminal follows a twisting the twisting tales of two assassins carrying out a sinister mission, a teacher battling a fatal illness, an enigmatic janitor, and a curious waitress leading a dangerous double life. Murderous consequences unravel in the dead of night as their lives all intertwine at the hands of a, of a mysterious criminal mastermind hell-bent on revenge. That basically tells you nothing about the film, which is why I'm having a hard time even explaining the film. No, that sounds exciting. Margot Margot Robbie is great. I mean, she's look. She's like my Hollywood crush. So she's like great and whatever. Like whatever. Good she's choice. Like. Yeah. She's, fine. she's wonderful. Um, but the film is kind of one of those films that kind of follows a few different people. So there's kind of a uh, you know cuts between these stories, and there is kind of this mystery to be unraveled with it. 
Mike Myers, unfortunately, takes me out of the film every time he shows up. <laughs> and it's unfortunate because he has been good in more dramatic stuff. Studio 54, he's really good in that. He hasn't done too much, I guess, dramatic acting. But um, but this, like, he's in old man kind of makeup. And it's just kind of, ah, man... If if it would it should have been like just another actor because I feel like he's too distracting in the film. But if you can kind of look past that and kind of get involved in like the stylistic, you know, aspects of the film, the noir elements of it, a lot like the film um, Duncan Jones's Mute. I think that they're both flawed films, but there's enough going on. I think stylistically and with certain characters in the story that there's a lot to chew on. So I would say if you ever run across Terminal. Uh, if it's streaming anywhere or if you if you rent it, I definitely would say check it out if you're curious and just, you know, if anything, for the gorgeous Margot Robbie. I mean, come on. How could you not check out a Margot Robbie film? She's <laughs> so quiet. super. She's super cute. Oh, my gosh. I may be biased, but uh, but I'm also biased towards like noir sci fi. So. You know, this 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 has enough going for it for me to, to check it out. Do you have anything next? Nope, that's it for me. All right, I'm going to do lightning around these last two. Uh, In the Mouth of Madness, the yeah. Scream, the Scream, uh, the Scream Factory Blu-ray looks fantastic. The movie's great. Sam Neill's amazing. One of my favorite performances of his. Uh, Collector's Edition has a lot to chew on. A, a new John Carpenter audio commentary. I mean, come on. Uh, really fun revisiting this film. I don't think I've seen this. I had it on DVD, but I haven't watched this in over a decade. So uh, really fun kind of diving back into this. And uh, by far, one of my top Sam Neill performances. And just a great, like one of the few really great kind of HP Lovecraft feeling, you know what I mean, type films. And it really, and it kind of, there's like a lot of digs like Stephen King. There's kind of like this, because he's obviously referencing like an author like Stephen King. You know, Sutter. Do you read Sutter King? Maybe it's Bentley Little, Sean. Shout out to my people oh. out there who read horror fiction. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I don't know who that is. Hey, this was produced by Sandy King. Huh. Interesting. Is that, is that Stephen King's wife or something? Yes. Wait. I'm sorry, Sandy, Sandy King? Sandy King? No. She's got to be related to Stephen King, right? I mean, his last name, King. I mean, come on. All right, I'm stretching for things connecting. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, if you haven't seen In the Mouth of Madness, God damn it, what are you doing with your life? Get on that shit. And finally, I wanted to bring up, I talked about it earlier uh, that I was going to go see the movie Upgrade, but it wasn't in the theaters. It finally came out on Blu-ray. Now, uh, as far as the film goes, it's a it's a kind of a throwback without trying to be a throwback, if that makes any sense, of kind of 80s sci-fi actioners. Brutal. Uh, there's a lot of physical uh, effects going on. There is there is some CGI enhancement that has to be, but it, it feels so grounded in the world. It's really great. Um, our lead actor, I don't know his name, but people call him uh, Cheap Tom Hardy. Uh, is it Logan? Uh, who is that actor? Logan Marshall Green? Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. Low rent 
Tom Hardy, as people have said. Come said. on. That's, no. what people, that's what people said when the trailer came out. And I, I disagree. You have to repeat it. <laughs> they look a little bit physically, but their acting styles are completely different. Totally. No, he uh, he's not trying to do some weird accent oh. or weird voice. So there's <laughs> he he's fantastic in it. The movie's great. Um, check it out. Now, here's why I wanted to bring it up. If you get the Blu-ray and it's 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 bare bones. There's nothing in there. If you cash in your uh, Movies Anywhere code or whatever, there is an audio commentary on the digital release of the film. That's so weird. I don't weird. get that. I don't understand it. Um, but what I did, since I'm a physical media moron, is I had to have the audio commentary on physical media. So I bought the Australian Blu-ray. Uh <laughs> From Mad, it's, it's, it's Madman distributed. I don't know, Madman, whatever. Um, and this is a region-free release, and it has the audio commentary and a couple really short interviews with Lay Wannell. Wannell? Wannell? Wannell. Wannell? Me? I didn't get that. I didn't know that. So, um... Anyway. Oh, and I'm sorry. Before I got confused, because Sandy Carpenter is John Carpenter's wife. I never knew she went by Sandy King. So that's oh. me off. Oh, does she go by Sandy King too? Yeah. So that's, that makes sense. Okay. Gotcha. She's Stephen King's sister? Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> John Carpenter and Stephen King are related. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, if you want a full-on physical release with the all the extras, I definitely recommend the Australian version. Like I said, it says region-free on the back. Those crazy Australians, you guys don't give a shit about region locking. It seems like everything I buy from Australia is always region-free. Don't quote me on that because sometimes, sometimes they're not. But lately, uh, lately, they have been all region. So... So there you go. So either just get the the digital, but you know you never know if digital's permanent. Everybody, you just don't know. Nope. You don't know. Nope. So uh, anyway, that's upgrade. It's great. I'm uh, I'm bummed I that I missed that I in the theater. Love upgrade. All right, now it's time to jump into our feature presentations. Everybody. Oh boy. Are you are Which you ready Brad for this? Out. I know Brad picked all of these out. And he's like, yeah. We are do doing, it. we are doing a killer kid theme, and uh, let's get started. By the way, I did, I do need to mention, uh, Joe Guin did a shout out, a really nice shout out on Twitter today on a bunch of podcasts, and it was really heartfelt and really wonderful. And Joe, man, I just want to let you know we appreciate you so much. So your tweet helped picked up my day today. I'm glad that we can pick up your day when you listen in. So it all goes around. We're one big, happy Potter family. Uh, <laughs> it just warmed my uh, my little heart today. So, Joe, I just wanted to say thank I'm you for being sure such a great I'm just not sure about how you pronounce his listener. last name. How do you pronounce? I don't know. I, I just see. Maybe Gwen. But here's Gwen? the thing. You are so famous for how you pronounce people's yeah. names. I'm, I think I'm gonna, it's a badge of honor. I am going to fuck it up no matter what. Is it Gwen? <laughs> Joe. Joe. DM me. Let, please let me know the <laughs> correct pronunciation because I feel like a total asshole right now. <laughs> 
But Joey, we love you. All right. Okay. I just, look, I just want to tell Joey that we loved him. Is that okay? Oh. What? 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 I just wanted to tell, to tell Joe that we loved him. And no, now we I'm do. All, and awesome. now I'm all self-conscious about myself. Oh, I'm a monster. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it's to okay. do that. I forgive you. All right. Um, let's dive into some VHS. Oh my God. Nikki. Well, here we are at last. Right where we ought to be. Video. Oh my God. Holy moly. So these three films we're talking about today, we will be talking about Paperboy, uh, which is the VHS. Oh my God. We'll be talking about Vinian and last but not least, Girly. But these were all chosen by Brad. And it's a shame that Brad is too busy with his Hollywood dealings with the Vinegar Syndrome and Wild Eye Entertainment. So let's talk about Paperboy. The Paperboy from 1994. The Paperboy. When Melissa and Cammie moved into the neighborhood. He seems like a nice boy. Their neighbor wanted them to feel welcome. I'm Johnny McFarley. I live right next door to you. Your mother told me all about you. I feel like I know you already. He wanted them to feel at home. Here's my hot dog. You're doing such a good job. Close up. He wanted them to feel. I've been making a surprise for you and your mom. Like family. You've got the best mother ever. What's she doing here? Brenda's babysitting. No! It was supposed to be us, the family! What about Brenda? Oh, she broke her neck. my house not yours you just can't come and go whenever you feel like it it's just that i like to do nice things for you maybe brian and mommy will get married and we can be a family we already are a family cam we don't need him we're not your family johnny i can't let you do this to me it's not yours she's mine talking about how dare you come into my house when i'm not here now leave. I am not your mother. You're afraid he might harm you or your little girl. You should be. Leave my family alone! Where's the... Johnny? What have you done? Holy mother of God, I was not prepared for this film. This is uh, basically a homicidal 12-year-old paper boy becomes obsessed with a woman and her daughter next door, and he'll do anything to make his fantasy of the perfect family come alive. Directed by Douglas Jackson, written by David Peckinpah, I don't know if he's related to the Peckinpah. But it stars Alexandra Paul, uh, who apparently on my Twitter timeline a Stephanie lot of a lot of guys very uh, excited to see Alexandra Paul mentioned. 
She's a which, cutie. Which must be the Baywatch connection there. Mark Marut and Bridget Tierney. Um, I had never heard of this film, but my buddy Chad over at Horror Movie Barbecue uh, did a whole write-up on The Paperboy. Uh, I think it was a few years back. And uh, in 2014, I'm going to include his little write-up in the show notes. Because number one, you should be you should be following movie bar- movie barbecue horror movie barbecue dot com. All right. Um, All right, I am. He's great. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you're talking to them out there. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> you do that. Yeah, I mean Chad runs. You know, it's it's this simple little site, but Chad is awesome. Uh, I am jealous that he gets. You know that uh, he 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 gets certain screeners and things like that, and I'm not going to talk about it. I'll just I'll talk with my therapist about it, but I'm not going to talk about about it here. Not, but uh, but yeah, he wrote a a Paperboy review on here, and it's fantastic. I am definitely not going to read it to you guys, but he does an interview with uh, the 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 star Paperboy, Mark Marut. And uh, so check it out. I'll put it in the show notes. He uh he looks like almost the same current day, like the same face. He just has filled in, you know, he's obviously listed, lifted a little bit of weights. He didn't get all Ethan Embry buff, but he obviously he's grown up, but his face <laughs> is still just as creepy and a bit douchey. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, this movie's great. It's so weird. It's it's our our lead character, the paper boy, is so disturbing. Um, this is something that definitely needs to be checked out, needs to be rediscovered, and definitely needs to be released physically somewhere. I don't know if this ever got a, a DVD release, but uh, you can watch it on standard definition on Prime Video. But uh, I think this is a film right for discovery. Stephanie, what do you think about the paper boy? Oh, I loved it. And this is one where I would see it at the video store when I was a kid. And I'd be really intrigued by it because I was always intrigued by the movies with like a killer kid, like a bad kid. Because I was a good kid. (laughs) Like I followed the rules, you know, I was really quiet and polite. So whenever I'd see like a a bad kid, I'd be like, oh, my God, Mm. he's a bad kid. Um, And the paper boy always kind of interested me that way. But yeah, it's just one of those great early to mid 90s thriller horror uh, of being the suburban family kind of films. Mm. And it's just so it's so fun. And William Cat is in it as well. Yes. Um, as Alexandra Paul's boyfriend. <laughs> and I always <laughs> like seeing him pop up. But yeah, on one hand, um, Johnny, he's a good kid most of the time but then he'll like you know he he has issues except he'll with like snap. you know a little murder happens he'll mow your lawn you yeah, know yeah. but then he might like paralyze you if mm-hmm. you piss him off or, or, or smother to you murder with a, your dogs right. so you have a heart attack or, mm-hmm. smother you with a plastic right. bag 
No, just kids. <laughs> and one of my favorite scenes was one of the the things he does. He's he kind of introduces himself to the family, like, "Oh, I I was friends with your mom, who he actually murdered." Here's the thing, like, and I'm not giving anything away. This happens in the first minute of the film. He. It's not like Alexandra Paul and her daughter live next door to him. He knew her from like videos, like video greetings she'd send to her mom. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and so and creepy. he literally murders her mom and says like, and he, and he turns to the video. And he's like, now you have to come. And Wrath about was like, holy shit, this kid. <laughs> And he doesn't and like he just leaves him cheerfully, does his yeah, paper out. Yeah. He just he'll, <laughs> he'll murder and then just finish the paper out. Fine. But yeah, it's it's like this weird like he's not like sexually attracted to, you know, to um um is it Melissa? Mm-hmm. Alexander Paul's character. He's not he he wants like this, it's like this weird mother figure which makes it just even creepier you know and yeah, his mom died it's just mm-hmm. like having not a bad father but he's very absentee yeah yeah i mean obviously this kid's <laughs> running around killing everybody <laughs> um so yeah he kind of ingratiates himself with the family um and he gets these outbursts when things don't go his way oh my, my favorite is he just uses his key to get into the house. And he shows up and she's like, you can't just come into the house. He's like, can't you just make me an apple pie? I, for some reason, I love like that summed it all up for me. You know, like this kid is just so far gone. I hate it when kids show up on my doorstep unannounced. We have this kid in our neighborhood and he'll just like, he's just, bo- I don't know. He has nothing to do at home. I don't know what's going on, but he'll just, his name's Caleb. He'll just show oh, up on our- Oh, you're naming the child. That's his name. He'll just show up on our doorstep yeah, and be like, child. is Jacob <laughs> home? And I'm like, uh, yeah, he's doing his homework or he's playing video games. And he's like, can I come in? And I'm like, what do you do? Like, do you say, hey, fuck off, you little stupid brat? Or, oh my God. Or, Go get a job, Caleb. Yeah. Caleb, get the fuck. I don't know you. I haven't met your parents. Your parents obviously don't care about you. They're just letting you ride your bike around the neighborhood. You can get kidnapped by some some weirdo driving by. Your parents don't care. Uh, I have my kids all safe in the house playing video games. I don't let them play outside. I don't. We don't let the kids ride their bikes by themselves around our neighborhood. Are you kidding me? We live in Southern California. There's no way that's going to happen. So there's no part of you that says like, hey, do you think I could meet your parents just to like make sure he's not like living in a house alone? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I know that that's <laughs> my, existing my, there. And my like, wife that's actually human contact yeah, I, he gets and you're just calling him a little jerk. Uh, my, my wife actually knows her knows the mom and uh, the boyfriend of the mom. So, you know, there's some broken family stuff going on. I get it. I'm not an asshole to him. I we, we let him come in and play. It's all good. It's just but when when kids show up unannounced to <laughs> me, uh, that's one of my major pet peeves. Have your mom text me or or my wife. 
How hard is that? Let us know you're stopping by. It's just like with anyone, anyone stopping by unannounced these days. Forget it. I'm not, I don't want to answer the door. I'm Mm-mm. most likely in my boxers eating so cereal. So that the most disturbing part of the movie for you? Just him the, showing up? The kids showing up unannounced like really got to me. Like, ugh. I just, I hate it so much. Am yeah, I, bad, am, am I a bad father? Am I a bad father, Stephanie? I'm just trying to take care of my kids. You're no, you're a terrific father, but you sound like a monster to the rest of the kids in the neighborhood. Look, if they just ask ask to come over, I can be like, yeah, you guys can come over. Don't fucking show up on my doorstep. All right, that's for packages of movies only. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I feel like we're learning a lot about you. This am show. I being a little too honest today? <laughs> Maybe. What are you drinking right now? A uh, twelve-year-old Glenlivet Scotch. There you go. Costco. It was on sale. <laughs> I don't pay full price for that shit. All right. Um, what else can we say about this film? This it, it just had this. Um, I don't know. Like it didn't. It was a nine. It was a nineties film, but it kind of did feel a bit timeless sometimes there's 90s movies that definitely are of the time and you're like oh shit this is a 90s film i really feel like this film did a good job of kind of um just kind of keeping it kind of you you didn't know like nondescript like you didn't really know what year it was taking place could have been in the 80s could have been the 90s didn't really matter and uh just with everything I, i just found it very timeless in a sense because there's so many things that are so weirdly disturbing about the kid i mean and he throws these like temper tantrums and it's so like like you're almost like yeah maybe you're too old to be throwing a tantrum like that but it's um but it's also like you can kind of get i guess that he'd be throwing that kind of that, that kind of tantrum but no i had a lot of fun with this film and it doesn't get like i mean it gets dark but it's not like oppressively dark it's still kind of like you know like uh uh no, I would say it's a little bit darker than like Ice Cream Man, but I mean, I I, I would put it on kind of that level, I guess. It's same here. You know, this kind is of like feel the kind of movie Cinemax, the yeah. horror movie Cinemax would show like in the early two thousands, late at yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. Now, if if you can find it, check it out. It's on. It is on YouTube. But this is one that I really feel like I would love it if. I mean, this feels like Vinegar Syndrome would do a great job with this. It feels like right mm-hmm. on brand with what they release. I don't know who else would like release a film like this. Like, I would only think maybe like Scorpion releasing or Code Red would be, you know, would release this. I don't see like a company like Scream Factory releasing this, but um, but I would love to see this film. I mean, I think that it's worth revisiting, especially for Alexandra Paul. Like a lot of people. Uh, said but um it would be fun to kind of see like an interview with her you know what i mean and we and and seeing an interview with the star you know mark marut i'm probably pronouncing his name wrong that's okay even william cat would be fun to uh you know to see kind of retrospective interviews on this kind of goofy little film um but yeah i mean god bless william cat right greatest american hero house house yeah 
God bless that guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything else to say about the Paperboy other than watch it, everybody, if you haven't seen it? Yeah, if you're a sucker for those mid-90s horror movies that are about, like, the dark side of suburbia, it's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good. All right, moving That's along, great. let's jump in to some stream screams. Nate, wake up! There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Don't fucking scream at me! Scream, I'll break Don't scream, miss. Don't scream. Holy moly. Vinyan. Am I pronouncing that right? Vinyan? Vinyan? Yeah, we have to use a little bit of an accent. I'm not going to try an accent. <laughs> it's like Vinyan? <laughs> Vinyan. Vinyan. I think we have to face facts. Six months ago, the wave took him. And he drowned. Josh is dead. This is footage of Kimsta from Burma. Getting the aid there is an emergency. Stop the tape. It's him. It's my son. So do you think it's possible that Josh could have been traded? This is an interesting film uh, directed by Fabrice Du Welts, who, of course, people know from the film Alleluia, and uh, which I haven't seen Alleluia. Brad's talked about it. I'm sure you've seen it. Mm-mm, no. You haven't. Okay. Well, I, I hear. I hear it's really, really good, but we haven't really seen too much from this director since then. But Vinyan is a film about uh, this woman and her husband. They, uh, their child was lost in like a tsunami or storm or something like that. And they basically get the chance because she thinks that she sees him on some sort of um, video, some sort of like fundraising video for people bringing funds to this area of, and trying to help these kids that are orphaned or whatever. And so she basically convinces her her husband, played by uh, it's Rufus Sewell. Sewell? God damn it. Sewell. But uh, the woman is uh, Emmanuel Biart. I'm doing awful today. But I've recognized her. What what has she been in? Yeah, I've recognized her too. She has those incredibly striking eyes, mm-hmm. like yeah. blue eyes. Oh, she, she was, was in Mission, Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's where I remember her from. So, so they basically get a chance to try to find their estranged son, who, as a, like you said, as a, as you know, and this is only I don't know how many. 
I don't know how many years after he's lost, like maybe only like a year or two. They, it's six months. Six and months. He's, okay. He's not in a strange sun. He was lost in a tsunami. Strange. It's strange in a tsunami. I know language. <laughs> you don't get estranged in a Look at it. Look at There's look a it. tsunami and I don't agree with you anymore. <laughs> so I'm moving away. That's look at it. You're, you are the trained person in the English, English language. I just pretend. <laughs> I may start using that. Oh, yes, I'm, I became estranged in the tsunami. <laughs> All right. Sorry, anyway, go. he's so like okay. Their their kid is basically sucked away in a tsunami. Six months. Oh my god. They have. You I are guess sensitive towards children tonight. Left him for dead. They don't get. They don't know what's going on. They can't find him. They try to go out and find him in these Thai, Burmese waters. Sketchy as hell uh, people. I don't know if I would trust these people that they try to get to try to find their son, but they do it anyway. Um, how do you want to tread with this film? Because I don't know if I want to give a whole lot away. There are, if you look at the DVD cover, uh, there are some creepy kids, hence the killer kids type uh, connection with all these films. But I really think people need to discover this film because it's done in such a way. It's done in such a way where it's, it feels real. It almost feels, especially for the first part of the film, feels very documentary style. It feels like they're shooting in in like real lighting. It um, feels very naturalistic. Yeah, it's Geraldo almost. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know. Like you kind of. Like, there's not a lot of people standing around talking. You're just kind of along for this journey. And I really, at first, it was a bit off-putting. I was like, oh, I was like, God damn it. I was like, what did Brad get us into today? <laughs> and But then as the movie kind of ratchets up in tension and ratchets up in dread, it uh, I slowly was found myself leaning closer and closer to the screen because I really found myself enraptured by the storytelling here and wondering what the fuck was going to happen because I had no idea where this film was going. And when stuff gets going, um, there's some nightmare fuel for sure. Stephanie, what did you think about Vinyan? Well, I know you and Brad liked it quite a bit. Unfortunately, I didn't really interesting okay i didn't outright hate it or anything Mm -hmm. and i watched it twice because i watched it and i was like ugh. and then i saw (laughs) both of yours opinions on it i was like okay i need to revisit it maybe i was in the bad i watched it again and i liked it a little bit more but it's still very uh, interesting huh what uh, um, what was kind of holding you from from really digging it? What did you just not get wrapped up in the characters? Because there really isn't a lot of character development. You don't know why. I mean, you get kind of why she wants to find her son. You know that, but I mean, there's not a lot of. You don't really get a connection between these two. Like you're like kind of like for me, I was like, why are these two together? I don't really feel a chemistry. Did you feel kind of disconnected or what What do you think kind of led you I not? think so. Yeah, we're pretty much given all of the trauma with them that comes with losing a child, whether they're missing or otherwise, but nothing else. We're, we're literally just immediately given the darkness. Yeah. 
And that can be very artful. That can be very interesting. But in my opinion, the way it was presented here, it felt a little slapped on. Hmm. Um, almost like, okay, here's misery right away. Here's more right. misery. Here's more misery. And yeah. there's a lot of parts in this film where it felt like kind of a cannibal film. And that's yeah. not spoiler. There's none of actual cannibalism in this film. But it kind of had that like feeling where they're like, oh, they're going into an exotic place. And we're not going to really <laughs> explain what it is. And wow, isn't it aggressive and weird? And it. It had that feeling, and I was just kind of wondering what the point of it was, huh. um, like what what it was trying to comment on, what kind of feeling was it trying to convey? And I, I I'd get like halfway with some things, and there are certain scenes that are very beautiful, very haunting. Um, but I don't know, like everything stopped short for me. Hmm. I could never fully get invested in it. Interesting. I mean, I get that because it took me it took me a bit to get into the film and it didn't really get it hook get it its hooks in me uh until they I mean, it took a while until basically they get to I don't know if it's is an island, but it's the the scene where they were doing all the the lanterns they're like doing those lanterns floating up into the sky. Mm-hmm. And it was like really beautiful but also very like disturbing at the same time because she's wandered off. He kind of wandered off. They had, they, they had some sort of little lover's quarrel or something like that. I don't know. And then he like almost gets seduced by this woman who I guess they had a past somehow. Um, but then that thing, like things were like so much was going on. And I was, and I was kind of, that's where I was like, all right, well, things are getting a little interesting. And then of course, once we kind of get into this, uh, this area with these these kids and it kind of for me it paid off and yeah i don't understand i guess the end of the film in a sense uh there's a lot of questions that i have and i'm wondering if i missed certain cues of kind of these characters like descent into madness but um but i i felt like the filmmaking and kind of how they wrapped me into, I guess, meeting these crazy kids and everything. I kind of, that was like enough, I guess, for me, the the craft of it. I still have a lot of questions. Like, like the, the beginning, the front end is still is very rough for me. But okay. I think by the end, it, there was enough kind of crazy to go around that I kind of like, all right, I just bought into it and just, you know. And it did make me feel kind of just ugh, like, you know, kind of disturbed and icky. Oh, yeah. And that last shot is incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> so this is a this is streaming on Voodoo in HD. And I mean, this is one of those films like, again, like with what we like to do with this VHS segment and then the, the stream screams is like these are films that I think that we for the most part. Uh, whoever chose them feels that these are films that should be at least give a shot and, you know, should be preserved somehow. And I would love to see some sort of commentary on this 
some sort of interview on on this uh, from the cast and from the director for sure to kind of see get a little more insight to what they're doing because I think that it's it's worth checking out um, mm-hmm. at least and then what what you get out of it I guess will will depend on I think there's a lot of factors that will depend on um, but for me I guess maybe it's, maybe part of it too is being a parent like kids just creep me out anyway. <laughs> So, especially like feral children always kind of creep me out. Oh, so, yeah. And you, feral children are only creepy if you're a parent. <laughs> I thought they were adorable. <laughs> <laughs> no, and like I, I really did understand what the film was going for. Um, I got the subtext. Um, okay. I was kind of wondering if they're doing a thing of like a pretense of wealthy people who are like oh we're raising money for these poor children but we're Mm. incredibly far away from them and once you get into the thick of it it's you have to deal with the actual ugliness and this is what it's like uh it just felt like it stalled at maybe 80 percent of fully getting all the way there it's worth saying it's it's unique it's beautiful and kind of a dark swampy kind of way which I found really interesting, but it didn't click for me. But okay. it, it's not terrible or anything. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. Well, hey, we you know can't win them all. Nope. You know, but I think we can respect the film ultimately. A uh, little bit of trivia: uh, Emmanuel Biart got a double ear infection while acting in the film. So that's got to suck. I mean, they definitely, (laughs) no one was comfortable during the filming of this. Like, this had to have been a tough shoot. It had to have sucked. Yeah, this was not like Mamma Mia where where it's like, yay, vacation. No, this was, I guess it frequently rained during the filming of the, during the filming. Um, So, yeah, as well as films where you knew, like, and it's funny because it, because they obviously didn't get paid a whole hell of a lot, but they must have believed in the script enough to kind of put up with all that discomfort. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think if you really take acting seriously, this kind of role in this kind of film is probably hard to turn down because yeah. it's probably a once in a career kind of thing. Yeah, and they're they're all in. They are all in on this. Yeah. And like, if you watch the credits, like it's all, um, I think she's a French actress and he's UK and it's a completely local to the film. So just working with a crew from a different country from you and filming, um, I think that'd be such a singular experience that if, if you really like testing yourself and good Lord, they, tested themselves in this movie yeah i i can see absolutely why you put yourself through it they had to do like these like weirdly uncomfortable like really sweaty type like you know love type scenes you know <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah ugh, yeah I, it's not full sexy it's like kind of two miserable stressed out people <laughs> just trying to connect just getting out of their <laughs> system <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, that's, that's Vinyan, 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 Vinyan. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's, uh, it's on Vudu, uh, streaming. I'm wondering, I don't know if it's on, it, it might be on any of the streaming. So Amazon. I rented on Amazon. Okay. Um, yeah. but I like that it's in, in, in HD. It looked pretty great. I mean, there's a lot, it's very dark. So I, I couldn't imagine you trying to watch this in standard definition because it's so dark and muddy. This demands, I think, kind of HD. So I, mean, I would love to see, just because of the way the film shot and the nat- it, it seemed like natural lighting, but uh, a Blu-ray would definitely kind of highlight a lot of the filmmaking of, of, of this. So, and I don't know, I don't know, worth, uh, worth checking out, I guess. Well, let's move on to the final film, our feature presentation. Interesting choice. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about 1970s Girly, also known as Mumsy okay, Nanny. Say it. Yes, say it. Oh. <laughs> Mumsy, Nanny, Sunny, and Girly. <laughs> Perfect. I'm the Mumsy. I'm only the Nanny. My name's Sunny. My name's Girly. Mumsy, Nanny, Sunny, and Girly are a happy family. They live in a big old house to which they bring their friends, like Soldier and Number Five, and especially New Friend. They all have favorite hobbies. Sunny likes archery. Girly plays with her dolls. Nanny digs needlepoint, and especially redecorating. And Mumsy, dear Mumsy, just takes care of the guests. And you're not a little boy anymore, are you? Mumsy, Nanny, Sunny, and Girly are a happy family. Together, they play lots of games. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. Here comes a chopper to chop off your head. The family that plays together slays together. Do you think you could glue his head on again, Nanny? We open this door! Bless their little hearts. Darling little heart. Mumsy, Nanny, Sunny, and Girly want you to be their newest friend. Isn't that nice? This is a, a limited a limited edition uh, Scorpion releasing Blu-ray. I am not sure if it's still available. I think it's still available from Screen Archives because they did like they do these weird things where they release certain movies. They give certain movies to Screen Archives. They give certain movies to Diabolic DVD. So, um, so I think this is still That's available. Through Screen Archives. Which one? Um, Neon uh, Maniacs. Sorry. Yeah. 
So I'm thinking this is still available. Don't quote me on that because my computer is being super slow right now. So I can't double check it. But um, I'll but check. You can get for $25 on okay. Screen Archive. All right. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. So, uh, so Girly, um, this is a film that was, it came out in, in 1970s, a British horror comedy. And what's interesting about this film is that it was originated as kind of like this dream project for Freddie Francis, who was this, who was a renowned oh, cin- no. cinematographer. And so this was kind of his passion project. I, I just, I just spit as I talked passion project and he wanted a opportunity to direct a film and he wanted complete creative control instead of being assigned like by studio so he teamed up with brian comport to write uh this film around i guess oakley court which is a place uh where he had shot a bunch of exteriors for previous films and the script is based on this two-act play by Maisie. Maisie Moscow that was entitled Happy Family. So they the screenwriter adapted this into a novella and uh and then of course he did the script as well. So this film like bombed in British cinemas and but it started kind of gaining this cult status in North America. So a really strange film about these people living in this secluded mansion or manor and they're doing this like weird role-playing where they each are kind of have to have a certain personality and like the two young the boy and the girl um sunny and girly basically go out to recruit people to be brought in and play the game with them and eventually, I guess, murder them. What are, what's what's your take on the on the plot of this film? Well, it was interesting because I recently saw a film that came out this year called Braid. It's from uh, Mitzi Perone, and says I I really recommend it when it opens wider. Um, but part of the plot is. Um, these girls show up to a house and they don't explain everything, but they have a fake family dynamic and you Mm. have to follow the rules. And if you don't follow (laughs) the rules, there's these terrible consequences. So when I started watching this, I'm like, Whoa, this is just like braid. So I'm wondering if it was an influence, but yeah, it's never established whether they're blood related. Really? It's just like this sick kind of, it's almost like they they constructed this I, idyllic on the very most toppest surface, <laughs> um, <laughs> but just to excuse extreme sadism. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems like no one really uh, has a problem with murder in in, in, the, in this family. Well, you know, they if they break the rules, if they're bad. There are consequences. <laughs> this movie's so weird. It is. It's very strange. I don't, I don't know if I like, liked it or not. I, I, my initial reaction, especially halfway through, I hated this film. <laughs> hated it. I, I, I don't. I just didn't get into it at all. 
Um, but as the film starts going, and I don't know if I just started like adapting to this world and this scenario, it does start getting interesting once they kind of get that, uh, I guess they get, it's like a male, is it a male prostitute? Is he a male prostitute? <laughs> Him and his, and his like, quote unquote was... date. I, I, I didn't really get the whole dynamic there, but once he enters the picture and they basically set him up with uh, the murder of the of the of his of his uh, either his of his date, um, and he feels compelled to start playing in this game. But then he also starts kind of trying to manipulate uh, everyone, and by kind of making advances, uh, sexual advances to uh, adva- yeah, it's to pure girly and to uh, mumsy <laughs> and. Uh, it's just such an odd film, but once things start getting that direction, I feel like I can. I kind of. It's interesting, but uh, but man, what a weird film. Um, gir- the the girly and the actress. She reminds me of uh, of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You know, the girl with the golden egg who wants it now. Veruca, Veruca salt. salt. Very <laughs> a lot of Veruca Salt vibes. Going on uh, with Gurley, played by uh, played by Vanessa Howard, who's and, super beautiful. Yeah, and uh, it's and I was, as I was reading up on this film, there was uh, some things in here where the original script had her and uh, the boy Sonny, played by Howard Trevor. They had this like weird incest kind of like plot thread that they initially they eventually took out. They just like, uh, we'll we'll we're, <laughs> we'll keep that out. I'm glad because there are enough complex, <laughs> nonsensical relationships going on in this movie. Yeah. You didn't need to add right. to that. They're a bit <laughs> little little convoluted, I think. I agree. Yeah, it's kind of like I don't know, an absurdist British Toby Hooper movie. <laughs> so there's there's parts of it that I love. <laughs> And there's parts of it where I'm like, I don't know. Because I am a huge, really, really big Freddie Francis fan. Mm. Um, he did a lot of movies for Hammer and Amicus. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it was him, I was really right. interested because it's for either of those studios. So I was like, ooh, he's like off the leash. Like, he is off the leash. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess maybe, I don't know, doing all those kind of uh, period films he really wanted to try something outlandish and this was a story to really run away with that um so yeah if this is great if you like weird movies you this is for you absolutely definitely bonkers and i can see i can see it as a stage production because it it feels it definitely does fall in line (laughs) with films that you know were stage adaptations and then you know, brought into film like there's just there's something about I don't know if it's the staging or the dialogue. You can definitely see this played out on a stage, but uh, but yeah, he, he he this is uh this is like straight up absurdist comedy, I guess, with some horror elements because uh, it's not necessarily gruesome. It doesn't play to the gore or anything like that. It's just weird, and because of the weirdness, it definitely, and the weird family dynamics, quotes in air quotes, 
it definitely has an air of uh, it definitely is disturbing and um, but yeah I don't I don't I'm so torn in this film because I really had a hard time getting into it. I was like, oh, my God, this movie. And I looked at my watch. I was like, it's only been 30 minutes. You know, and then I had like an hour and 10 minutes to go. And I was like, oh, my God. So I, I had a hard time kind of getting into this. And I, I don't I know Brad. Brad loved it. He he did send me a, a DM about it. And this is he said this is one of his favorite films of the 70s. Which I'm I so replied. I feel I replied like it might be too laughing, British for you. Oh, it might be. I replied with a laughing baby gif. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, British humor. But British humor, I guess, is hit or miss. I mean, I'm a huge Monty Python fan, so I get the absurdist, you know, slapsticky, goofy British humor. My wife, not a fan of British humor at all. Yeah. She'll, uh, she'll look at me and she'll be like, this is a British comedy, isn't it? And I'm like, uh, yeah. She's like, yeah, can we turn this <laughs> off? She just, it's a bit too. Yeah, I uh, feel like it's. Not stuffy, but just kind of very, I don't know what the word is. You can definitely tell. Like there's a, the British humor is very, not, is it cerebral? It's a little more cere- like. They like a lot of play on words and a lot of, right? I don't know. Well, it's more like a stiff upper lip kind of thing. Yeah. Classism mm-hmm. and stations tend to play more into them. Um, like in this one, in both the humor and the creepier elements, the fact that this family and the sprawling estate has complete control over these outsiders that comes in, that's a big part of the tension. Yeah. And there's there's constant like oh, I have the upper hand no oh I have the upper hand no oh I have the upper hand <laughs> and if, if power structures inherently don't interest you that can get tiresome I think well I mean I think a lot of the you kind of a lot of it is done through dialogue and conversations and depending on you know. Um, what's going on, how well you're paying attention to films, I guess definitely would play into that. This one, there's, it's very, a lot of the plot and a lot of the, the, the inherent like conflict is brought through dialogue and interaction between the characters. And you really need to kind of be, especially with the way the language is and, and, um, and it's, it's a heightened dialogue as well. Like they're not, it's very, it's, it's interesting in how it's written because it definitely does have, um elevated language so you do you have to kind of pay attention to this thing this isn't just some like exploitation film where you can just kind of you know half watch it and kind of know what's going on like there's a lot of different little pieces at play with this and um you know yeah maybe this is one of those movies that would I, I, people make fun of me for saying this but i but i i definitely i think movies if i don't initially get a film or am initially kind of put off, I always feel like I need to at least give it one more run, one more shot. And this is a film I definitely would give at least one more watch to kind of make sure I didn't miss anything. And um, I just, at first, I just had no idea what to expect. And I was like, it's just these two kids like making mischief and they're both fucked up and they're both murderous 
children that do these weird games with each other, you know? And I was just like, had a hard time kind of getting into it. But, um, but I think if you're patient with it and you get what's going on, you know, I think there's a lot to dig in on this thing. I'm not going to outright write it off. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else about this film that kind of stands out, uh, stands out to you? I don't want to like, this one. I definitely, I don't think enough people have seen it, so I don't want to give anything away. Um, I had a lot of fun with, I had a lot of fun with the ending. Once it ended, I was kind of like, okay. Oh yeah. I, I did. Uh, I did get some enjoyment out of uh, how they wrap things up. Even though, like you mentioned, it is pretty dialogue heavy. The Freddie Francis's background as a cinematographer definitely comes into play because this it's mainly centered around one house. Mm-hmm. That's where all the action is, but it's never repetitive. It's never dull. There's a lot of interesting shots. Well, it's like a huge estate. You know, it's, it's yeah, kind of like right. half run down, but um, there's so much. It's, there's there's yeah, so much of like interest. Four characters, one location, mm-hmm. as big as it is, it it it's always interesting, and I think it helps with the off kilter feel. With like, you you don't fully understand the game because I don't think they fully understand the game, and the way it's shot, it really helps. Kind of. It's almost like playful. It's almost messing with you. And that fits it so well. And I think whether you love this film or hate it or even fall somewhere in the middle, it's it has a very original feel. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Uh, I I won't forget this film at all. Like this is definitely Mm -hmm. very memorable. Very like I will always remember this this film. You know, uh, Freddie Francis says that. uh, this is what he maintains. He he maintained the rest of his life that it was his best work. He loved. He was very very proud of the film, which is cool, because most of the you always read about a, a director or somebody who always wants to tinker and they're not, you know, one hundred percent happy with their films. He was very happy with how how this film turned out, and that's that's actually kind of cool to hear. It is. It's a very audacious movie. It's pretty brave when you think about all the crazy stuff they pulled off in it. Um, <laughs> as someone who's, ha- I've seen a lot of Freddie Francis films, mm-hmm. you can see flourishes here and there, but it, it really does feel like a departure. And that was really cool to see. Yeah. Well, the, the, the history of this film is, is pretty great because even though it had developed this kind of like cult status, it disappeared and didn't really, I guess, resurface until it came out on VHS and um, like bootleg copies of the film were passed around and everything as early as like 2006 and then eventually you know a distributor released on DVD and then eventually uh, Scorpion releasing came in and and I guess I guess eventually Scorpion released the DVD and then they re-released it on on Blu-ray all remastered so um, if you're a fan of the film, this is probably the best presentation you'll get of it. And, uh, I would say, I would say, check it out. Like I'm, it's, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird to like be kind of like off put like this, this film, like 
kind of put me off a little bit. I was like, uh, I don't know. But then again, like I respect the hell out of it. So I'm like, I'm like in this weird conflicted state of, about the film. And if anyone, I would, I would definitely say if you find this interesting, definitely watch it. And I would never tell anyone not to watch it. Like ultimately, maybe it wasn't for me, but I, but I, there's so much in here. I think that it's worth checking out if you feel like you are in the mood for it. I don't know. Is that, can you tell I'm really conflicted here? Yeah. No, I feel like if you did like a thumbs up, thumb down rating system, the entire time your thumb is just hovering in the middle. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I'm very conflicted about it. I, I think, but I think it's worth seeing if you want to see, like, see for yourself if you like it or not. I, I, I definitely, uh, I, I joked around like I was just joking on the our little Twitter DMs back and forth. I told Brad that I was gonna, I was, I was trying to motivate Brad to coming on the show. I told him I was gonna shit all over the film because <laughs> he said he loved it so much. But that didn't work. He still didn't arrive. He still didn't show up. So he doesn't care. Everybody. But no, um, I think this is an audacious uh, film worth watching if you're a fan of kind of bonkers, batshit crazy cinema. You will get a lot out of this. Yes? Yes. <laughs> you're, you're supposed to come in and say like something really eloquent and... Um, Tell me how wrong I am, and how this is like the most amazing thing ever. Eloquent things the whole time. I know you're 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 over eloquent. You've over eloquented yourself into (laughs) like nothing else to say. Um, Anyway, if you enjoy um, more British exploitation, where you're not gonna. If you're okay not seeing nudity, basically, um, it's more sub. The exploitation is with like social norms. Yeah, definitely. If that's your, if that's your cuppa, definitely check it out. <laughs> Man, no, definitely. Uh, like, like this isn't very gory. Uh, definitely no nudity, which I guess that would have been maybe that would have been weird, maybe. Considering the age difference, it would have difference. felt very out of place. Would have been very, yeah. I mean, boy, that that would have that would have not because have worked in the film's favor. There, yeah, because like secrets and almost like sleight of hands mm-hmm. are such a big part of their world that nudity almost seems too obvious. Yeah. I mean, the more we talk about it, the more that I appreciate this film even more. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Check it out. It's uh, girly, available from Scorpion, releasing on Blu-ray through, uh, do we say Screen Archives? It's available there for $25. Yep. Also known as Mumsy Nanny Sonny Gally and Gally. No? Yes? Beautiful. That was great. That was brilliant. <sighs> uh, apologies to all of our UK I'm listeners. I'm not going to apologize. This is a great accent. Oh, no. It's so I can't sustain it more than five oh seconds. Oh my god! That goes terribly wrong. <laughs> I've watched Mary Poppins. I know how to do a, a UK accent. Oh, you see the new open 
Stella. Oh my God, Stella. we're awful. We are. We are awful. <laughs> All right. Well, um, now we're English weird. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Screamcast. So yeah. check out Paperboy, Vinyan, and Gurley. Uh, there'll be links in the show notes. Head over to thescreamcast.com. There's some articles there. We don't do as much as we used to, uh, but Bede Germain has a write-up of the Melbourne International Film Festival. And he talks about Mandy. He talks about Let the Corpses Tan. Um, what else is he talking about? Piercing, Good Manners, Murder Me Monster. Some good stuff on there. So check out his articles. Um, we also have two kind of sister podcasts. One is uh, Xenopod from the year 5000 and Anya Stanley is going to be joining me to talk about fire in the sky. I think I need to, I need to edit this sucker, but I'm thinking by Monday or wait, when, when is everyone going to hear that? I don't even know when, I don't even know when you guys are going to hear this episode. So maybe by the time this posts, that show will be up. So we had a really fun time talking with her about fire in the sky. Also the podcast, the SOV pod with Mike Delaney and Brad Anderson. But Stephanie, you and Mike Delaney have been doing this little mini, uh, mini episodes called T H E S O V P O D M I N I H M P L. I think we're up to part. By the time you guys hear this, we'll be up to part seven. What a wild little piece of podcast history this is a 17 minute documentary that you guys have done eight episodes uh far longer than the actual documentary itself about yeah, heavy metal parking lot minute heavy metal parking <laughs> lot so uh i mean what do you th- what 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 uh did you know this would grow into this insane thing when you initially did this with mike no I have no part of it. You have a bigger part of it than I do. Because what are you talking about? No, no, it. no. They they actually have Sarah Koenig from Serial contracted sure, to do, do they this. They sure do. No, here's what happened. We recorded. We recorded in two parts because Mike was recording in his car and it got too hot and he basically got heat stroke. And then I don't know. Oh, if he got like hit by that idea during his heat stroke and came back and he was having problems editing it, like things kept going wrong with his computer and, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and yeah. it is its own thing now. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Tom Nix has an integral part to this series uh, and his character cracks me up especially on part six he did let me know he was about to record the most embarrassing thing he's ever recorded in his life i think he came through emphasis on came and so you also check this out uh t-h-e-s-o-v-p-o-d 
the mini episodes on heavy, heavy metal parking lot in particular. Good stuff. I mean, Brad's been on there too. Um, they covered uh, video violence, I think. But uh, heavy metal parking lot is <laughs> Wait, you sure stealing didn't the sell show. that one. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, anyway, that uh, that podcast is ridiculously crazy. Of course, check out all the other podcasts over at ScreamingPods.com. There is a veritable smorgasbord of different podcasts for all of you to choose from. You can also grab merchandise uh, from the Screaming Pods store. And if you're a Club's Gum member, you get 20% discount, everybody. All right. Um... Of course, I want to thank our sponsors. I don't know if I do this enough, but I need to thank Vinegar Syndrome. So next episode, I think, now this is going to be a little bit, but bear with us. We have a lot of movies to watch, but we are going to be doing a a big-ass Vinegar Syndrome uh, episode. We might have to do two, Stephanie. I think like we're, we're behind, so we may have to do split it up into a part one and part two. I think. But uh, our next episode or two will cover the past couple months, past few months of Vinegar Syndrome releases. So look forward to that. Uh, if you dig coffee, definitely go and check out Coffee Shop of Horrors, coffeeshopofhorrors.com. If you use this, the code SCREAMCAST, you get 10% off your order. Hello. That's some good shit right there. And of course, uh, if you're ever looking for a film, or movies we talk about, hit up grindhousevideo.com. They will fulfill all of your exploitation needs. Music by Wolfman of Mars. Check them out at wolfmanofmars.bandcap.com. Our artwork on the website, our logo, our, our, our entire identity created by Kevin Spencer. And he hasn't done too, he hasn't done too much artwork um lately and god damn it his website has now been taken over he's not keeping it up but uh big thank you to kevin spencer for creating the art for the site and uh and creating our identity stephanie where can people find you online you've been doing some stuff you've been guesting on podcasts you've been doing write-ups on dread central are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I so just don't want people to find me. So tell me. Tell me tell me what you've been doing. It's the Stephanie show right now. Sell yourself. Um. <laughs> Sell yourself, girl. No. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm still doing my Tales from the Crypt column. Um, every other Tuesday. The next one's actually gonna come out on my birthday, so that'll be interesting. Oh, happy early birthday. No, save it, and you can wish me a big birthday and send me, like, a little monkey with balloons. That'd be cool. I've always wanted that. Never gotten it. Anyway. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, and I, I've i been doing more uh, Just the Discs with Brian Sauer, also on the Screaming Pods Network lately. That's been a lot of fun. Uh, we just did one for Gun Crazy and Wild at Heart, which was a really cool double feature. And we're going to be doing the the um, Sam Fuller Columbia Years box set next. Nice. Which I'm very excited about. I'm a very huge nice. Sam Fuller fan. So. 
Yeah, I keep, uh, yeah, I, I'm I keep just, having I nightmares. Crawfish, everything's there. Okay, I keep having Don't nightmares. Don't talk over my plug, Sean. You told me what? the plug. You can't I'm talk sorry, over I'm it. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just had this recurring nightmare that you basically leave us for uh for Brian Sauer. So, you know. No, he I'm just, just um I'm very dependable, as you all know. <laughs> so he's like, ah, Stephanie, you'll do. Come on in. I'm like, yay! Oh, uh, you. Oh. You, you and Brian Sauer have, uh, you do have great chemistry on the podcast. Everyone, please check that out. It's always a pleasure when uh, when a Stephanie episode drops into the feed, for oh, sure. Oh, thank you. And I'm not oh, just Oh, we did recently that. do a Scream Factory episode with the Unborn, Brain Scan, and Return to the Living Dead 2. Since this nice. is a horror podcast, I should probably mention that. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. All right. Uh, well, you can find me, uh, of course, on Twitter, Sean C. DeRager. I have a couple of podcasts. Of course, I mentioned Xenopod from the year 5000. So check that out over at the Screaming Pods Network. A uh, new episode will be dropping soon, like I mentioned, with Anya Stanley. And I'm excited about the next episode after that because we're actually just we're going to be diving into a, a kind of like an animated sci-fi film that I've never seen and I'm really excited to kind of go into uncharted territory with that. But I try to do one of those uh, once a month. I'm a bit off. We had some scheduling issues with Anya, but uh, hopefully get back on track. And I have another podcast called The Armchair Philosopher. That thing has been in crazy full swing lately. So if you're interested in religion uh, or philosophy. I like to kind of collect people's stories. So I'm kind of in the middle of this music, uh, music series right now. I talked to Michael Gunger and Lisa Gunger of the band Gunger. And, uh, I also talked to John Mark McMillan and, uh, some fantastic kind of conversations there about spirituality and everything like that. But the reason why I'm mentioning it is I also recently interviewed a, uh, Magister of the Church of Satan. I'm so, so excited for Screamcast that. Screamcast listeners, you guys may be interested in that episode and that conversation. That will be coming out the first week of October. So mark your calendars. If you're not inter- if you're not generally into spirituality and things like that, you're gonna want to hear this conversation with a Satanist. And then all month of October. We will be doing kind of more spooky type stuff. I know that I hit up Jillian from At The Fire and she'll be coming on. We'll be talking about ghosts. Her dad was a ghost hunter. So she was kind of like raised in this ghost hunting family. So I'm going to talk with her about that. And uh, I, I, so far, those are the only two things kind of like planned, but I'm going to try to find more kind of spooky stuff to well, talk about. You so if- You've been killing it. So if anyone has any, thank you, uh, if anyone has any uh, people who've actually possibly seen uh, ghosts or apparitions or anything like that and want to tell a story, hit me up, Sean, S-E-A-N, C, Dureger, D-U-R-E-G-G-E-R, uh, on the Twitters, and let me know. I would love to kind of collect some more kind of uh, scary stories. So I think that uh, officially... We're able to wrap up. Um, everyone, go bother Brad F. Henderson on Twitter. Tell him to stop fucking around with his stupid side jobs and making extra money and working for cool distributors. And tell going him to better. Fantastic go to Fantastic Fest. Ooh, so can cool. I make an announcement, though? 
Yes, you can. This is going to, this coming year is going to be my first year going to South by Southwest. Oh, yeah. So excited. So we're going to have to kind so of plan. If you, if you enjoy, yeah. I'm going to be cramping Brad's style so hard. Oh it's going to be God. hilarious. Yes. I can't it, wait. Make it miserable for him, please. <laughs> um, I know. One of these years, I'm going to make it out to one of these festivals. And it's just, you know, kids, man. Fucking And they just show kids. up unannounced. God, I need you to feed them and buy them clothes and take them <laughs> to school. Give them attention. Ugh. But uh, hopefully, I'm thinking, maybe not next year, but I'm, you know what? Say, look, Screamcast ain't dying soon. This is going to, this, this sucker's going to keep on going. Uh, within the next, I've been saying this probably for the past five years, however long I've been doing this. Uh, within two years, I'll be making it to a South by Southwest or Fantastic Fest. It's just, you know, I got limited vacation time. I got kids. I got a wife. I got a lot going on. Vacation time is very, I don't know, I mean, you know, I, it's hard for me to kind of like, I need to like state a case, like, all right, I'm these three days of vacation or four days of vacation, yeah, I'm not going to spend them with you and the kids, I'm going to spend them with a bunch of people watching uh, movies. Bunch you know of I mean? often hipsters. <laughs> it's kind of hard sell. They don't even like movies anymore, they're just like, oh. Yeah, it's going to work out, we'll work it out, but I'm so happy that you're going to be able to go, Brad's going to go. Um, we try to get one more person to go. Was it Jordy? Yes. Jordy? Yes. Yes. So we'll see. I haven't got confirmation yet, but, uh, but those will be some fun podcasts. So we'll all try to, I'm going to try to contact you guys a couple of times during the, during the South by Southwest and we'll do some reviews of shit you've been watching. So that's going to be really fun. Brad should be doing a, uh, fantastic fest roundup. Uh, when he's in at Fantastic Fest, so that'll be cool. So we got a lot to look forward to with the podcast. Um, I'm going to keep on rambling about nothing, so I better just end it now. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate all of you who listen. We really appreciate all of you members of Club Scum. Thank you for keeping us going every single month. Cheers. Love ya. Bye. Bye, thank you. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.